weeks ago, I began a message entitled, A Word Made Flesh Movement, and actually, I began that in the youth service a couple of weeks prior to that, and as I shared with the young people, the same thing that happened the Sunday that I started to preach this message happened over there. I began to minister, and as I began to share the word of God, I was unable to complete the message, and therefore, I had to stop and start again, and I came and did that a couple of Sundays ago, and we got through point one as well. I was, I was sharing as the Spirit was leading me on my own testimony and on how God brought me to faith, how God brought me out of darkness into the light, and how the Lord utilized my mother at that time to not only be the one to share the gospel with me, but to literally pray me into the kingdom, to be the one who stood in the gap on my behalf and cried out unto God and that is why I am standing here before you today able to preach the gospel because someone was not un, was not willing to just let go but she would hold on to God until the promise of salvation for her son came to pass and that has got to be our heart toward the lost amen somebody the, 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 the challenge that I left you with was God obviously is waiting for us to be those kind of people, those kind of people that are that determined. As we were in prayer this morning, the scripture that came to remembrance is 11, um, Hebrews 11.6 where it tells us toward the latter part that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligence is vital to us being able to be rewarded by God. And when we talk about being rewarded, I'm not just talking about fat pockets. Hello. I'm, I'm not just talking about a nice car, nice clothes, nice house, all of that's good, but that ain't the kind of reward that God wants to give you. Oh, oh, yeah, but Bishop, hold on, hold on. Does he want me to be broke and want me to be living in a shack? I didn't say that. But God wants to give you much more than those things. Those things are material and are going to stay right here. When you go across the line of eternity, guess what? That nice house, that nice car, if you are going with Jesus, it is not going to be compared to the glory that you are going to see. Hello, somebody. But, 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 but see, too many of us are living for that little, little stuff. Say, say, neighbor, don't be living for the little stuff. Live for the glory of God. Listen, live for the glory of God. Don't be living for the bling bling. Hello, somebody. You got to live for the glory of God, living for his kingdom to come, living for who he is. That is what we should be doing. And so as I was sharing my testimony, it was that is that I recognized in that moment that God had a woman of God on her face crying out for me, being that witness, being that light. And that is what it means to be a word made flesh movement. And so today I pray that you will be challenged as we look at these texts again, because obviously I went through the introduction of this message a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to reintroduce it, but what I want to do is I want us to look at this book of John chapter 1 here, because it's a vital, vital chapter for us as Christians. In the beginning, it says here in verse 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. Now pause for a moment with me. In what beginning is he talking about? In what beginning is the writer speaking about? Obviously, now, 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 stick with me for a moment, because you know, Pastor Robert was praying over there. He said, "Lord, as 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 he as as the minister has has prepared a message to feed the sheep. I, I came to feed today. Amen. Did anybody come hungry? Hallelujah. All right. So I know sometimes you know I kind of like walk my way into the meat, but I just want to get to the meat right away. Amen. Y'all had the meat. Y'all had the, the the little appetizer a couple of weeks ago, but I want to just get straight up into this word because, like I said, God 
was messing me up when I was meditating on the scriptures. And as I was looking at the text, I began to understand something. What does he mean by in the beginning? This is important for us. John wrote this book to encourage us and to help us to know who this Jesus really is. And so when he says in the beginning, obviously, he is not talking about God's beginning because God has no beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. He, he, he cannot be talking about God's beginning because when did God begin? God never began. He just is. Hello, somebody. The, the, what, what, what's the question that children ask at some age? Well, who created God? Listen to me. We don't know. that there, there is no answer to that question. He just is. He is the only true definition of eternity. Hello, somebody. Him alone, him by himself. He has no, there was not one day, oh, and I'll, you know, you know as, as I was meditating on the message, and I say this to just be real flip, is that God is the Big Bang Theory. Hello, somebody. Do you hear what I just said? God is the Big Bang Theory. And what I mean by that is, I don't know, l- listen, he was just there. It, you know, it, it, there's, no, there, there, there's no way that I can sit down and say, well, this happened. And that. No, 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 God just is. Amen? Not so for the earth. Hello. Hear me, church. So he says in the beginning, in the beginning of what? He's talking about in the beginning of creation was the word. In the beginning of creation, in the beginning of the world as we know it. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Amen? Now, now I want to take you back to this beginning. Let's go back to the book of Genesis. I love the word of God. It's so exciting. Hallelujah. The book of Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at this beginning here because it's a powerful beginning. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word. And then look at the book of Genesis chapter 1. Y'all should have found that one quick. Say so if you got it. Amen. We won't wait. I see that. That was a roar. Glory to God. We all know where the book of Genesis is. The book of beginnings. Hallelujah. So he says here, look at this. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. See, that, 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 that's powerful, church, because it is important for us as Christians to make sure that in our beginning, there's God. Hello. In the beginning of this thing, it says God, God, God. God created the heavens and the earth. But now go on to verse 2. Verse 2 says, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And again, we see, then God said, let there be light and there was light. So in the beginning was God. In the beginning was the word. So what it is saying is that when the scripture is saying in the beginning God, it's saying in the beginning the word right there. That's what he's saying. In the beginning was this. But then it goes on to this next verse, which is crazy. Because how can the word of God say in the beginning God, and then the next thing we see is without form, void, and darkness. How can the two be, be, be coexisting? Listen to me. What we see here when we're looking at these scriptures here is that we find out that the earth was without form. What does this word without form mean? It's a, it's, it's a Hebrew word, and it means to who. Say to who. Like you who. You know what I'm saying? To who. Hmm, thirsty, glory to God. It is the word without form. The word, it, it was without form is the word to who, and it means formless confusion, unreality, it means emptiness, it means a wasteland, a wilderness, a place of chaos or vanity. This is what, this in the beginning, before, before God began to speak anything here, he just created and so he just must just went poof, right? So, you know, hello. There, there, there is some validity to the Big Bang Theory, just not the way they got it messed up, hello, right? In the beginning, 
God created the heavens and the earth. Created it out, out of what? He, he, he hadn't spoken yet. You know, he, he, he hadn't said anything in this earth. Now, obviously, he probably spoke and said, you know, world, you know, earth and all that good stuff. You know, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and it's just, you know, just like that. Glory to God. That's our God, like popcorn, right? Amen? Just kernels. He said, Venus, boom, you know. <laughs> you know, they got some moons over here and gravitational issues and all. Okay, okay glory to God. Y'all got that, right? Amen? Hallelujah. But the earth is without form. It is void and darkness. So the first one is without form. We talked about that. Chaos, vanity, wasteland. It's unreality, meaning that it is not useful in this condition. And then it says it is empty or void. And that word is real simple. It means void. But see, the word void is a different word. It's the word boohoo. Y'all heard that one, right? You boohoo crying. Hello, somebody. That, 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 that's the Hebrew word there. And see, when you are empty, you're usually boohooing. Hello. Yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I know you got that glory to God. See, the, the Hebrew in the, in, in the second chapter already speaking Ebonics. Boohoo. Hello, somebody. Just boohoo crying. The earth was boohooing, y'all. This is what the scripture is telling us here. <laughs> glory to God. Listen, this is what the text is saying. This, I'm not making this up. You can go back and study it yourself. Look up the word void, and it is the word boohoo spelled B-O-H-U-W. Boohoo. Hello. So the earth was boohooing because it was chaotic. Hello. It was boohooing because it was empty. It was boohooing because it was not useful in that condition. And then the text says that it is darkness. Why am I taking the time to point this out? Because if you are not with, or if you are without Christ, you are void. Hello, somebody. You are chaotic. You are vanity. You are not living the life that God, you are, listen to me, you are formless. Hear me. You are, I don't care what kind of house you live in. I don't care what job you have. I don't care what car you drive. I don't care how good things look on the outside. If you do not know Jesus, you are empty. Hello, somebody. You are chaotic. There, why do you think that there are so many people out there? Who the, the, the best you can be, listen to me, the best you can be without Jesus is vain. Hello. What do you mean by that? I'm full of pride because I got the house, I got the car, I got the marriage, I got the kids. You got it all, so you're just vain. Hello, somebody. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing today. You are, you, you, you are living in vanity because you don't know Jesus. And so when the scripture's giving us this wonderful picture of the earth and its condition, you know what it's saying? It's simply saying, man, this is you without Jesus. This is you without God. You are empty. You, you are chaotic. You are confused. You don't know what. You're, you're not living for anything beyond this world. And so God wants to do what? He wants to bring deliverance to your life. But there's something else that's there. Not just the chaotic situation. Not only the void and the emptiness. But there's also something called darkness, church. Because it says that darkness covered the face of the deep. And I want you to know that if you don't know Jesus, darkness is covering the depth of your heart. Because the Bible says that you are dead in your trespasses. The Bible says that you are walking and you, you may think you got it all together. Hello, somebody. You may think you know it all, but if you don't know Jesus, you're walking in darkness. Hello? And so the scripture shows us, a, why, why is, how, does it, how does this tie in with, with the book of John? Because this is what the book of John is all about. The book of John is talking about, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And it's going to go on in a moment, and it's going to talk about lights. Hello, somebody. But I want to show you where we see the word manifesting in the book of Genesis. I remember sitting in Bible college in my first year, and as I was sitting down in the class, the teacher was trying to show us something, and, 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 and he was saying, well, where do we see Jesus in this whole thing here? 
And most people, most people, they automatically jump out. And I was most people before this moment that I had this epiphany, and it was like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. But most people say, well, if Jesus was the light, then he was the light. That's what most people say. Well, he was the light. So when the light came, God said, let there be light. That was that. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. You can't have light without the word. So where is Jesus? God said, that's Jesus right there. Jimmy, that was the word right there. That, that, that was that. Now, 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 I, I want you, I want you, I, I told you I was going to be eating glory to God. I, I, I know y'all are quiet like, mm, look, don't, don't look at deer in the headlights. No, 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 none of that this morning, okay? Glory to God. We'll, we'll stay right here for the next hour if you're not getting this. Glory to God. Now, I will explain it, but, but hear me, hear me. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. When you speak, right, when you speak, your words are you. Amen, somebody? We, we, we don't see those words until what? Until you speak, right? But they are you. You call someone up on the phone and what? Oh, I know that person. How do you know that that's that person? Because their voice. Hello, somebody. Because they spoke. And so this just helps you to get a little picture of the Trinity in action. The word was God. And so when God spoke, that was him. That was man. It was him speaking. And you know what? Here's the beauty of it because where's the spirit in this? Well, you know what? When you speak, you know what brings your words out? It is your breath. Did you hear me? What happens? Your breath has got to come out through your vocal cords and make this wonderful, beautiful voice. Hallelujah. Hello, somebody. When you, when you was at 3 o'clock in the morning screaming, it wasn't so beautiful. Praise the Lord. When you were in your crib, praise Jesus. <laughs> but hear me. Hear me. Hear me. That, 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 that first cry was beautiful. Praise the Lord. Because they were like, they're breathing. <laughs> Father, stop the breath. Stop the breath, Lord, at 3 o'clock. <laughs> hear me. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So I, I, I wanted to show you this because it's important, number one, for us to understand what John is trying to communicate to us about the word. Secondly, I think that it's important for you to understand the condition that you are because there's, I, I say this all the time. There's two kind of people in this place. There's the one with God and the one without God. There's no in between. We can call it what we want to call it. They're almost Christian. There ain't something that's almost Christian. In your eyes and my eyes, there may be something, but in God's eyes, as you either are or you're not. There's no, there's no question. There's a line in the sand. You on this side or that side. You a sheep or you a goat. You saved or unsaved. You walking with him or not. You are with God with, period, period. Coming to church don't save you. Hello. Giving your money don't save you. Hello. It is about a relationship with Jesus Christ that saves you. Hello. It, it, it is about recognizing your sinful condition, recognizing that you are formless without him. Remember that word formless as we continue on within our scripture. As I was sharing last week, the reason why this is important, and you can turn back to the book of John or how it ties into this, is because last week I said that the reason why we need a word made flesh movement is because of the spiritual bankruptcy that exists within our days. And you know what? When you think about bankruptcy and being broke, you want to know what's the first thing that happens? Or, or not the first thing, but one of the things that, that happens when you really broke, your lights get turned off. Did you hear what I just said? When you broke, I'm not talking about when you made a mistake and you forgot to put the light bill in there. I'm talking about when you just could not pay it and you just came home, lights off. You was hoping you would get one more day so you could have one more hot shower. Hello, somebody. I know not everybody understands what I'm talking about, but for those of you that understand, hallelujah, glory to God. You know, I need a witness up in here. 
Because, you know, some folks ain't never had their lights turned off. Some folks just be living good and everything. Listen, I want you to know something. It has happened to some of us, you know, and when we're in our sinful state, we try to do things to create lights on our own. But I mean, we ain't going to talk about that today. We won't give nobody no ideas. But, but here's the reality, church. The reality is that when you are broke, them lights get shut off. They can't kick you out because it takes a longer time to evict you. Hello. But they can shut your lights off. I'll be like, all right, two months, you ain't paid. Okay, click. Hold up. Done. Done. You're, you're running up this bill on us. We ain't going to be doing this. Hello, somebody. Why is, this, why, 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 why is this important? Because he said, Jesus, that the life became the light of men that shine where? In the darkness. So one of the signs that we have clearly is that the world is walking in darkness. Walking in darkness, church. You and I, and I, I, I'm going to use me because I don't like to use you because, you know, I know me intimately, right? I know myself. I don't want to offend anybody. But let me just tell you something. Before I met Jesus, man, I thought I knew it all. Hear me. I, I, I had the answer for everything. I knew what was going to happen. I knew how it was going to happen. I didn't need my mom. I didn't need nobody because I knew it all. 17 years old and I knew it all. Mm-hmm. I, I probably started knowing it all right around the time that I was 15. Right around there was when I started to know everything because that's the age that it happens. You start just, you just know everything. Just, just 15 is like click. All of a sudden, you are the all-knowing. You, 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 are, you, are you, you are omniscient, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so anyway, I know, Tina, I love y'all. I, I know y'all don't want to look at me right now, but I love you guys. I just want y'all to know this, okay? But I'm just trying to help you to, to, to grasp something. There's going to be a day, and I, and, and I know you don't want to hear this, but listen, there is going to be a day that you're going to recognize that you did not know everything the day that Bishop was saying it, even though you thought you did. Did you just hear what I said? Just write this down because one day you're going to be like, man, Bishop was right. I didn't know everything, glory to God. It's all right. It's all right. But listen, around that age is when I just, I just knew everything. I knew everything. The day that I met Jesus, I realized how much I didn't know. You want to you know why that happened? Because I was walking in darkness with a certain level of light. Oh, y'all got to get this. See, young people already heard me say this because we were in a class over there. When you are in darkness, you need illumination. Hello? And what does the Bible say? The Bible says that the devil comes as an angel of light. Did you hear me? So here it is. You know and everything, right? Or, or, or you're walking over here, you recognize you need to know some stuff. Have some questions. And all of a sudden... This little candle comes by. And because you're walking in darkness, you know what you do? You start running after that candle. You know what that candle is? That's all of your friends telling you everything that they know that they don't know nothing. They're following some candle themselves. Hello, somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I love y'all. <laughs> in Spanish, lo siento. I'm, I'm, I feel y'all. Listen, 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 listen. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Because, see, young people, y'all can laugh at this. You want to know why? Because I'm, I'm going to say it like this. I'll go like this. Some of these older folks, they're running after those lights, too. Lo siento, hallelujah. They don't want to hear the counsel of God's word. Yeah, yeah, hold on, hold, hold up. Slow that down. Lower that, lower, lower that down. We want to we keep the peace in the house, all right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just hallelujah. Praise him, praise him. Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> There, 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 there are some older folks, right? There, there are some, some of us older folks. I'm a little older. I'm not old. I'm just older. 
I'm going to clarify that right quick. I don't know, but, like, the spirit of funny just comes on me when I'm preaching this message. I just got, like, 900 jokes. I don't mean to. But listen, listen. Here's, here, here, here's new, it's a new spirit. I just made it up. It's not in the gifts. Pastor Rob, we're going to have to add that to the whole gift mix there. Glory to God. <laughs> we're going to create stuff. Listen, listen. But there are some older folks that they haven't grown past that. They're still running after little candlesticks that are flashing over here and flashing over there, and they're wise in their own opinion, and they want to do it their way, and because they have experience, hello, somebody, right? They've been through some stuff. They don't need you to tell them anything. Church, can I tell you who is the one who's leading you? If you are following that light and not the light of Jesus Christ, it is the enemy. You want to know why I say that? Because we're talking about a word-made-flesh movement. And what I shared with the young people was this Bible... This word right here is the very light switch to the light of heaven. Without this word, church, you are incapable of turning on the lights of eternity. Without this word, you are incapable of getting the full glimpse and revelation of who God is. And so if you are not following the counsel of God's word, if you are not going after the wisdom and the revelation of God in his word, you, my friend, are not walking in the full revelation of who he is. And you may be, may be in danger of following the wrong light. This is the reason why the world needs you and I to be connected to the true source of light, which is who? Jesus Christ. Because as we are connected to that life source, the light of Christ shines through us and brings what? It outshines, out illuminates the angel of light. Hello, somebody. You see, because what happens is the enemy does a real good job of projecting himself as being bright. And, 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 and let me just tell you something. He ain't out there masquerading like, yeah, I'm going to show you I'm the devil. No, 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 no. He just lets that, that, that little bit of light, you know, that little something, that little flicker, he lets it just shine for a long time to make you think that, that, that's the revelation. That's where I need to follow. You know, folks, you know, I, I'm, 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 you know I, I got on Facebook. I'm, I'm going to say it. I was going to type it in Facebook, but I say it now, Glory. You got folks over here, you know, because they show you all, all of the news feeds, right? So, you know, you got folks, this is my horoscope for the day. <laughs> but, but, but that one, you know, I, I, you know, I, 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 I just don't, I don't even understand horoscopes. I, I, don't, I don't even get it. How can you think that every person that is whatever you are, y'all got the same destiny? That is crazy. Hello. Okay, all right, all right. I, I just thought I should throw that out there. But, but, but anyway, anyway. But, but, but I got this new one on there. There, 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 there. there was a new one that I saw. And they got a, like, like a, a tarot card reader fortune teller lady that's on there now. Hello, somebody. Look, look at your news feeds. You'll be like, wow, just block that stuff. I don't block because I just be like to see who's doing that. Mm -hmm, who's really going after God? Talk, talking about you Christian, uh-huh. You, you, you Christian, but you going to see psychic so-and-so, right? <laughs> Listen to me, church. Why are people doing that? Why are people spending all kind of, you know what I was going to do before I preached this message? I was going to actually go to one of them palm reading places, not to get my hand read. I just wanted to find out how much it costs to get it done. Because I wanted to give you an actual number of the, look, I want you to know something. Property costs something. And these people got locations, like separate little houses and stuff that you can come. So some, somewhere some money came in enough to buy that. And look, we're trying to build a church, so I know that it wasn't free. Hello. 
So they must have some faithful following of folks who are coming and getting these readings. Why? Because they're running after, hello, what? They're running after illumination, not realizing that the true and full illumination comes from the word of God. That's where it is. And that is the reason. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. Folks, and, and, I, and, and when I'm talking about Facebook, I'm not talking about kids on, on Facebook. I'm not talking about kids. I'm not talking about teenagers. I'm not talking about none of you guys here. I am talking about adults who call themselves Christians. Hear me, church? Ain't nobody sitting here, so don't worry about it. You're good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just continue on walking with Jesus. No psychic readings. No tarot card. Nothing. Just, I don't know how you, how do you psychic read? Through? Anyway, I just, let, let me move on. Praise the Lord. This is just crazy. Deep psychics up in here. Hello. We talked about, in the first message, point number one was this. It was that we need to understand what a word, flayed, a word made flesh movement is. Say that with me. We need to understand the meaning of the word becoming flesh. When we look at Jesus, what happens? Jesus comes onto the scene, and when he comes onto the scene, the atmosphere changes. He comes onto the scene, and the kingdom of God is with him. When we not, and I don't want you to just think about Jesus because we could easily say, well, that was just for Jesus. No, we need to move forward and we need to read the book of Acts because it's there so that way no one can say, well, that was just for Jesus. Okay, well, then you can say, well, it's just for the apostles. Well, you really didn't read the book of Acts then. Hello, somebody. I, 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 want, you to, I want you to read, when, when you read the scriptures, I believe it's chapter 9 in the book of Acts, and you're going to find something. I was reading it the other day, and as we were looking in the book of Acts, we found that there's a man by the name of Ananias. His name is Ananias. Not the same Ananias who died and got killed because he was lying. Not him. His name is Ananias, and that is all that we know about him. You know, and, and you know what Ananias does? Ananias is in prayer. Regular, average Joe Christian. Hear me, church. Regular, average Joe Christian in prayer, and God gives him a vision. Wow. God opens the windows of heaven and shows him something, and he says to him, he says, Ananias, I need you to go to this place because there is a man there. His name is Paul, and, you, and, and I, obviously God doesn't tell him, you know, this, but he knows, Ananias knows who God is talking about. And he tells him, I want you to go there, and he said, because he has had a vision that he is going to receive his sight. You're going to come and lay hands on him, right? So Ananias is like, God, hold on, hold on, time out, time out. Is this the same Paul that's persecuting the church everywhere? Is that, that who you're talking about? And, and, and you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this in there, okay? I'm just, I'm just trying to help you to see the picture. And as God says to him, listen, I have a purpose for this guy. Now, this is the reason why I want you to understand who this person is. Because Ananias was the average Joe Christian. He was the average Joe Christian in Bible times. Not the average Joe Christian for today. But this is why this is important, because not only does he tell him that he's going over there in order for him to remove these scales, but it is in order for Paul to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a second. That, hold on. That, time out. That, that's apostles only. This is what some Bible teachers will say today. That, 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 that's only apostles had the authority to lay hands on someone for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Not true. False teaching, church. You, know, you want to know what the problem is? The problem is that back in those days, the average Christian was up here. That was the standard for average. Today, the average is down here. What do you mean? Let me explain why. What I mean is the average Christian back in those days was coming to the house of the Lord to pray three times a day. 
Not Sunday morning, not Wednesday night. The average Christian in those days, well-versed in the scriptures. The average Christian in those days wasn't just coming to Bible study, wasn't just learning one or two scriptures. No, no, no. The average Christian in those days was seriously devoted. When, when, when they came across that line of faith and said, I'm going to be a Christian, it wasn't just, well, I'm going to start going to church on Sundays. Oh, I know, I know this is tough. Glory to God. But you know why it's got to be tough, church? Because if we want to see the glory of God in the earth, we need to change some stuff. Did you hear me? If we want to see the glory of God in the earth, we need to take our lives to those standards that the scriptures teach. Because we're wondering, where is God? Why? God is seated on his throne waiting for us to get in position. Hello. The problem is we want to get in position Sunday morning. Hello. I know. I know. And late. Get in position late. I love you, church. Amen. Nothing but love right here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Nothing but love. Listen. I understand we all have schedules. I understand we all have lives. I understand we all have I understand we have jobs. I, I, listen, I understand all of that stuff. But it's not me you got to please. Not me at all. I'm here to be a voice to communicate to you, listen, if you're only coming to church on Sunday, that's not enough. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know. I'm, I'm letting you, but, but I'm, I'm going to love you the same way. If I only see you on Sunday, I'm going to love you just like if I saw you Wednesday, Friday, every day. Listen to me. But the truth of the matter is, here's, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is, I hear folks all the time talking about, man, I want to see a move of God. But, man, can I ask you a question? How much time are you spending before his presence? How much time are you spending seeking God together with the body? Because you know what? It wasn't just for you by yourself in your house. And you know what? If you were really spending that, and this is the thing that I don't think folks get. If you were really spending all of that time on your face in the presence of God, you know what would happen when you walk in the door? The atmosphere would change because the glory of God is going to follow you. Hear me, church. If you, you can't make it throughout the week, man, you need to be on your face double time. You can't be there because your job doesn't allow you to get there to midweek service. Don't be no lazy Christian, some bootleg something that you think is supposed to be a Christian. No, you need to be devoted to Christ like never before. You can't make it to Wednesday because your job got you jacked up. You need to be on your face all day Wednesday crying out to God for what's going to take place here to see the glory and the power of God. You need to, you can't get up early on Sunday morning to come to prayer, okay? Well, you know what, you need, when you walk in the door at 1030, 1035, 10 o'clock, 10.05, whatever time it is, can you bring the glory of God with you? Because you know what, when I start seeing people bring the glory of God with them, I'll never say another word about people not coming to prayer meeting. But you want to know something? The moment we start to see the glory, this place will be packed during prayer meeting. You know why? Because people who are really in the face of God can't wait to get to the house of God and share that with their brothers and sisters in Christ. Church, we're talking about a word-made-flesh movement, and that is what this earth needs because it is dark. People are walking in darkness, and they need a full revelation of who God is. And you know who God has chosen? God has chosen Faith Doma Fellowship. These brothers and sisters that call themselves part of this body, he has chosen us to change our world. He has chosen us, and he has anointed us to do something. And so my challenge from the heart of the Father is, church, stir it up. Get stirred about the things of God. Get stirred about the 
presence of God. Let God turn your world upside down so you can go and turn this world upside down. That is the challenge from the Spirit of God. It is time for us to arise and to hear the call of God that is calling us out of our comfort, that is calling us out of our little, little, little corner of Christianity and saying, church, rise up. There is more glory. There is more power. There is more that I want to do through you, but you have got to get up. Hello? We're waiting on sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so to do it. Forget brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. It's time for you to get up and do it. Ananias, look, Ananias tried to pass the buck for a moment, but you know what? He was messed up. You want to know why? Because he found himself in a prayer closet with God. And what are you going to do when you're in a prayer closet with God and God is showing you a revelation? Oh, well, God, go speak to him over there. That's what he tried to do. But he was in a conversation with God. You can't just walk away from the almighty God. Remember the psalm that we read earlier? It said that his presence causes the mountains to melt like wax. Did you hear that? Did you see when I read that glory to God? This is what the presence of God does. And so when we're in his presence and he's causing mountains to melt like wax, how much more our little feeble beings is he going to make melt? Hello. And so this is what it costs, church, in order to be that word-made flesh movement because Jesus came up on the scene and he did what? He brought change to the atmosphere. He brought change to lives. You know why? The scripture records it and says that he was found in the secret place. He was getting up early while everybody else was still sleeping and going out to pray, going out to seek the face of the Father. He was spending time in intimacy. When everybody else was doing their thing, he got baptized in the Jordan. Everybody else was walking away rejoicing, having a good time. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted. In those 40 days, he was fasting and praying, defeating the enemy, and then the scripture tells tells us that when he went, he was, the Spirit of God dwelt upon him. But when he came out of the wilderness, the power of the Spirit of God was manifesting through him, church. We want revival? Are we willing to pay a price? We want to see the glory of God? Are we willing to pay a price? Forget about all the other stuff. Are we willing to go after him with all of our heart and all of our life? Because that is what this world needs, church. It needs a people who are truly, truly submerged and submitted to God and the fullness of his kingdom. You know what needs to happen to us? We need to become uneasy, agitated, bothered in our spirits, not judgmental and condemning. No, bothered when we read the word of God and we see what was happening when true men and women of God were walking this earth and we don't see it in our days. It should bother us. We shouldn't become judgmental and say, well, I wonder if Bishop is really praying. Or I wonder if so-and-so is really seeking God. No, 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 no. We should be bothered and say, God, this earth needs you. This earth needs you to move. That is what a word made flesh movement requires church. It requires a heart like that. So the second thing that I would like for you to repeat after me is this. We must endure the method of the word becoming flesh in us. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2. The book of Philippians chapter 2, when you got it, say so. 
Begin reading with me in verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow on those of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's a process, church, that we must go through in order for us to become that word made flesh movement. See, the apostle Paul wrote something. He said this, and let this mind also be in you that was in Christ Jesus. In other words, look at the example that Jesus gave. Look at the example that he gave by what he did. Remember earlier we talked about this word, and the earth was without form, right? You remember that, right? Okay, so you notice the word form that was popping up in this scripture here as we were reading it. So the word form, there was a lack of form over here, and then now we see that there is a different form being taken place. And so here's what we find in this wonderful scripture. The first thing is that we find that, that the Bible says that we're supposed to have the same mind that Jesus did. In verse 6, it says, who being in the form of God. Jesus was in the form of God. Why? Because he was God. Remember we read in the book of John there, chapter 1, and the word was with God and the word was God. That, okay, so he was in the form. He already had a form of glory, a form of majesty. All of the angels, everything in heaven that saw him, they saw the form of God. And he says, and, and, and he goes on to say that, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. On better translation is that he didn't consider it something to be held on to. See, Jesus understood something, that the only way that we were going to be able to take on the right form was him having to change his form. Hear me now. The only way that, he, that we were going to be able to take on the form of godliness was that he was going to have to take on a different form. See, here's, here's what happens. In the beginning, in the book of Genesis, we find that God creates man in his what? His image and his likeness, or just real easily, he creates him in his form. He creates him after a picture of the way that he is. He, he, he creates man this way, and he creates man to have dominion over the earth, right? It's the purpose. He says, look, I'm going to create you in my image, in my likeness. I'm going to give you the authority, the dominion over all of the things of the earth. Now go and reign, go and rule, reproduce, and that's what man was supposed to do. The devil comes to Eve, begins to communicate to her and asks her and says, did God say that you really shouldn't eat from this tree? And she says, well, yeah, he said not to touch it or the day that I eat of it that I'm going to die. And he said, well, God doesn't want you to eat of it. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this on you. Because he doesn't want you to take on his form. Well, what does it really say, Bishop? It says he doesn't want you to become like God. He, 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 he don't want you to take on that form. He's trying to keep something from you, right? So what happens? By the enemy's enticement, they decide. She decides, hey, I'm going to take on this form. I'm going to become greater than what I already am, not realizing that she was the greatest that she was ever going to be at that very moment. Did you hear me? She, she, didn't, she didn't realize that. The greatest she was ever going to be was at that moment because she wasn't going to have the longing for sin that was about to enter her life. 
She wasn't going to have that thing that was going to separate her from her creator entering into her life. So what does man do? Well, man tries to make his form like God, tries to become like God. But then there's something else that happens. And nowadays, this is what happens here, is that we try to make God into our own image, our image. What do you mean, Bishop? How many times do you hear people say, well, God understands? He understands what? What? what, what I, I, I don't understand what he understands. Okay, let, 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 let me tell you what he understands. That, that was good, right? I don't understand what he understands. Hello, somebody. Glory to God. I, I don't understand that. Why? Because what God has revealed to us is that he sent his son to die for us, to deliver us from sin and bondage. He filled us with his spirit, gave us clear mandates in his word. So what does God understand? That if you're not living those standards, if you're not walking according to those standards, then what is that? What, what, what does he understand? He understands that either you ain't really saved. Hello, I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> either you were never really saved. You never really repented of your sin. You really never accepted him as your savior and as the leader of you and the Lord of you. He, you, you never did either. Either you never did that or... You are not having communion with his spirit. There's a third option there. You have a relationship with him that is based on feelings and emotions and not his word. Hello? Listen to me, church. You and I, there's nothing. God, God doesn't understand he sent his son to die. I, I, I need you to understand this. He sent his son to suffer the most brutal, the most embarrassing, degrading death so that way you and I could walk in freedom from sin. Do you understand that? Do you, do, do you understand that the price that he paid, the Bible says this. The Bible says that we are not our own church. You and I are not our own. We were bought at a great price. What was that great price? That great price was Jesus on the cross. He doesn't understand. He gave you his spirit. He gave you his son. And now it is our responsibility to decide which form we're going to take. Hear me. It is our responsibility to decide which form we'll take. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed, there's the word form again, but be transformed, there's the word form again, by the renewing of your mind. So you have a choice. You can be formed the way of the world or you can be transformed into godliness by what? By God renewing your mind by what? By his word, by his spirit, and allowing you to become what he created you to be. And you know what he did to make sure we could do it? Let me tell you what he did. The scripture that we're looking at right here, it says that he was in the form of God. And he didn't consider it robbery to remain like that, so he took on the form of man. So here's what happens. There is a form that he has to take on. He comes down into this earth, and he puts on the form of man. He puts on flesh, and he puts on blood. And he does what? He comes to give us an example of how we are supposed to live. This is what he does, church. He comes into this earth, takes off his form of glory. He, 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 it's, it's like he took off his jacket, so to speak. 
He took off that authority and said, okay, I'm going to come back for this. But right now, I got to put on this other jacket, this servant suit. This is what the scripture says. So he comes into a different form. Why? Because in the book of Genesis, we see man trying to make himself like God didn't work. Throughout history, we see man trying to bring God down to their form. Doesn't work. Doesn't please God. So you know what God does? God says, I want to take man and make them like me again. So what I am going to do is I'm going to come in the form of man. I'm going to live a perfect life and exemplify for them how they're supposed to live. And then I'm going to take on that form again of glory and be seated in heaven and wait for man to bow to me. Hello. Because when they bow to me, they take on a different form. You see, but bowing church is not a one-time thing. It's not a get down, bow your knees, and now you bow before God. It's not even a one-time thing that happens once a week, twice a week, three times a week, where you sing how great God is, or you talk about his form and his glory. No, 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 it, that, that, that's not it, church. It is bowing before him, declaring him Lord, declaring him Adonai, which means the king. It means the ruler. It means the one who reigns over my, that is a daily thing that has to take place. And I'm going to close with this, and this is only point number two, glory to God. So we got point three next week, but hear me, hear me, church. What we find clearly here is that the Bible says it like this. Narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life, right? But can I tell you the problem? We walk through the gate, and then we jump back over it to live the broad road. Did you hear what I just said? Oh, this, th th this is the narrow gate. Oh, it's narrow. We, what do you mean it's narrow, Bishop? There's only one way to salvation. We know that. How many of y'all know that? Raise your hand if you know that. There's only one way to salvation. All right, you'll put your hands down now. Everybody in here knows there is only one way to salvation. Not all roads lead to God. Sorry, that doesn't work. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm letting y'all know those are, those are different candlesticks that will be extinguished. Hello, somebody. <laughs> they do not lead to eternal life. But Jesus did not only say narrow is the gate. He said narrow is the path. Narrow is the road. One of Paul Washer's favorite scriptures. Narrow is the road, church. You and I cannot be a word-made flesh movement until our flesh is dominated by the word of God. Would you hear me? Until our flesh is until we are sacrificing our flesh. What do you mean by that? Well, here's the thing. Our flesh desires things that are contrary, number one, to the word of God. Number two, to the will of God. Two different things. What do you mean by that, Bishop? What I mean is this. Is that the word of God is clear. There are things crystal clear God hates. God hates pride. God hates adultery. God hates lying. God, all of those things are crystal clear. We know that all of the, a person who's never been to church, I, I can tell you, most of them, they hate lying. Most of them, unless they're doing it, they're going to hate adultery, right? Because they, these things, they just don't like those things. If they're doing it, they're okay with it. They're not doing it, they hate it because they're trying to be faithful, right? But hear me. Those things are clear in his word that they're wrong. But when we talk about the will of God, we're talking about something that's a little bit different. Because you know what? Marriage is good according to the word of God. But you need to make sure you marry the right person. Did you hear me? Ah, it's different. See, because marriage is good. Man should not be alone. That's what God said. He said it was not good for man to be alone. Hello, somebody. He meant that for me specifically, glory to God. He was speaking, you know, thousands of 
to the future. It is not good that man be alone. So we know that it's not good. Unless God has given you that gift, he's given you that calling to be single. And If he didn't give you that, it is not good for you to be alone. So that means it's what? It is good for you to be married. But you know what you need to make sure? You need to make sure that you are marrying not just any old buddy, but that you are marrying the right person. Did you hear me, church? Come on now. See, so what am I saying? What I'm saying is that sometimes our flesh desires things that are good, but they're not right. Hello? Sometimes. Okay, we talked about living in a house because we know marriage. Okay, wait a second. What about a house? You think a house is a good thing? Raise your hand if you think having a house, a place to live is a good thing. Not necessarily a house, just a place to live. Amen? You don't want to live on a shack on a corner somewhere. Hello? Nobody wants to live out there, right? Be walking around, sleeping in a car if you got it. Okay. But do you think that it's possible for me to desire a house that's not the will of God? It's a good thing, but it's not the will of God. Think it's possible, church? Here's what I'm saying. Jesus wasn't just about that he didn't sin. He made sure that he did other things. It wasn't just about what he was saying no to. It was what he was saying yes to that mattered as well. When Jesus had to go through Samaria, you remember that story with the woman at the well? He had to go through there. Why did he have to go through there? He didn't have to go through there because it was a shortcut. Hello, somebody. He didn't have to go through there because it was necessarily the easier route. That wasn't why. It was because there was a purpose. And so the bottom line is he had to get to where he was going. He had choices of which way to go. But he chose what? He chose the will of the Father because he needed to speak to that woman because that woman needed an encounter with him. And not only did she need an encounter with him, but all of Samaria needed an encounter with him. When we're talking about being a word made flesh movement church, it's about us really relinquishing the rights of our life unto him and saying, God, have your way with me. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet and bow your heads.